Welcome to the Readerly Report, a podcast of Readerly Magazine. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. We are going to be getting into our summer reading list what we've got planned that we want to get into for the summer and we'll also we'll also catch you up on some recent new releases that we have things to say about so so take it away gail <laughs> well my goal for the summer as always is to read a lot of books beyond that i don't usually make a list or sort of premeditate the whole thing so this is a good exercise that you have me doing to actually think about it. it will make life easier for me when it comes time to pack for vacation next week. I think it'll be fun to kind of, you know, we're going to make a note of our list, of course, for the show notes. So it'll be fun to kind of sort of do a wrap up at the end of the summer and to see. Yeah, but we actually did. How true these goals held. <laughs> yeah. And for me, what I actually did was I basically went through my BEA box and added like one or two other ones. So this is all very current stuff, but I figured, you know, I would just start there because this is the new stuff that came out that I was excited about a month ago. So I have that and then plus our our classics challenge. I have those books in the house as well. So yeah. So do you want me to just, how do you want to do that? Maybe I'll pick like two or three and then you can pick two or three and see where we get. Sure. Okay. so I have on my list a couple of the hot books that we picked up in New York. I have The Marriage Pact by Michelle Richmond, which I know you've already read. This will be my second Michelle Richmond after uh, The Year of Fog, which I read a couple years ago. And this is about a sort of secret society that a couple joined at the time they got married. I mean, you're better to better equipped to talk about this book than I because you've actually read it. But it... It's in my wheelhouse, marriage, relationships. I like her writing, sort of domestic drama. It is in my wheelhouse. That's definitely like a type of book I would read. I also have a couple of other books that you and I both picked up, two of which are from that hot editor's buzz. So The Immortalists and The Woman in the Window. Oh, and the third one, Unraveling Oliver. So that's three books from that one crazy session where we almost got trampled at the end. But they all sounded good, and I've added them to my list for the summer. So that's that's four for me to start. How about you? On my pile, I have – I had read a book that I recommended. The name escapes me. I know it's David Joy's latest book. But anyway, I was trolling our favorite place, Goodreads. And I see that he had recommended, he had also recommended The Risen Mm. by Ron Rash, which we love. Mm -hmm. But he said something in his review, and it was cool because he did like a little mini review of The Risen. But he says how, you know, Ron Rash is just this great short storyteller. And so I picked up his short stories. Which which the, the Ron Rash short stories? Ron Rash short story, Something Rich and Strange. So I'm going to give a couple of those a try because he just spoke so highly of them. And um, I'm sure, I mean, his writing is so spare, but he packs so much detail in there that it seems like he would be 
pretty masterful at short stories. So I'm going to give that a try. I almost felt like the Risen, it almost felt like a novella. Like, I mean, it was short, but it had, it is so spare with every word meaning so much that I can see that he would be a good short story writer as well. That doesn't surprise me at all. And I had kind of gotten away from short stories in recent years just because I just felt like they had got so crazy and abstract. So short stories are not even, you know, particularly something that is something that I pick up. Mm-hmm. There has to be a specific reason. You know, I read Difficult Women, which were Roxanne's, Roxanne Gay's short stories, and that collection was really good. And then I also read Evening Land by Michael Knight, and he had a collection, which was really good. And it was stories set in Mobile, Alabama. Not a huge short short story person, but like you said, there is something about Ron Rash's story that makes you think that he would be an amazing short storyteller. So pick that up to to figure that out. Mm -hmm. So like you, I also have my classics books. I was in Barnes & Noble the other day and, you know, they always had their classics on sale. So they had their classics you could get pretty much any classic that you want that came from their Barnes and Noble line for $5 a piece. So I picked up the picture of Dorian Gray and I picked up the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I'm sure I have both of these books somewhere, but I didn't see that. I didn't readily see them. (laughs) I was going to also get Lolita, but they only had the annotated version of it and it looked pretty beat up. And then they didn't have any of the other copies. And I'm, I'm sure I have Olita too. I really don't need to buy that. But depending on how things go, I might read Lolita. But And then I also have Lady Audley's Secret, which I think is what I actually said I was going to read. So right. we, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yes. So last year I read Jesse Burton's book. Um, I read her second book. I don't know who that is. She wrote this book that I raved about. It was a, it was about art history. It was dual time periods. I think that you would really like that one. Let me just see if I can. She wrote the muse. Oh, okay. So that, yes, that was a really good dual dual time period it was about art it's about this painting i mean anything about a mysterious painting and how it connects to two timelines and i'm definitely interested so love that book i think it was one of my favorite books of 2016 and so now i picked up well i didn't pick up because it was on my shelf but i'm going to put the miniaturist on my pile for the summer And it's about this woman, it's set in 1686, and it's about this woman who gets married and her husband presents her with this dollhouse that is a miniature version of their own house. And then she hires this man who is going to make, I guess, replicas of all all the inhabitants, and it just goes into their lives. And I think it, it mentioned something about the eerie resemblances between the miniatures and and the people who live in the house. So, you know, I heard her speak at, it was like a hot 
buzz panel of some sort at BEA. It must have been three years ago. I think she, I want to say, yeah, two or three years ago. And I remember her talking about that book. Um, and I don't remember if I picked it up or not, but I never read it. But I remember thinking that it sounded really cool. That makes sense. Cause I think that the, yeah, it probably came out in 2014, the miniaturist. Yeah. That was probably when I, when I heard it 2014 or maybe it was in, maybe it might even have been 13. I remember it being a really hot book. I, let me see. When was it? it came out in August of 2014. So, okay. Well, that would make sense that it was that that May, right? Good. So I got uh, I got a hot book. Yes, you sure did. <laughs> and I'm also eyeing really hard, even though it doesn't come out till January. Sarah Pekinen is writing a book, I believe, or she's written a book with, I believe, it was her own editor. And they've written this dual novel called The Wife Between Us. Yeah, that's on my list too. I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold off until January. Yeah. I'm not always the biggest fan of Sarah Pekinen, but this this book sounded really interesting. Right. I know. Yeah. yeah we, but we were hoping that a co-writer would give her a little bit more edge maybe. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. So, but if it's her editor, I'm not sure. But still... I mean, they're making such a huge deal about this book. 250,000 copies. (laughs) Is that a big print run for when it first comes out? That is huge. I mean, you know, sometimes if it's 25 or even if it's 50, I think that can be kind of considered big. Mm -hmm. I think that they are probably really expecting this to hit with people who love psychological suspense, domestic dramas. It's supposed to be something about this man's previous wife and the woman that he's about to marry. Yes. And it just says on the back, when you read this book, you will make assumptions. You will assume you're reading about a jealous wife. You will assume she's obsessed with her replacement. You will assume, you know, the anatomy of the relationships, assume nothing. I don't know. I have to, I have to, I have to figure that out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yep, yeah, that's on my list too. So I've got, I've got some other ones that we picked up at BEA. Um, An American Marriage, which I'm surprised you haven't mentioned, unless you've already read it. I haven't read it yet. I'm kind of, uh, you know, it's another one of those. It doesn't come out till February. So you're trying to hold off. <laughs> I don't know if I'm trying to hold off. I, I'm not sure what I'm doing. I'm just so excited to have it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think I'm doing a little bit of savoring. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'll drop that to the bottom of my list just because I didn't realize it was coming out so late. I also have the Tom Parada, which we've talked about on this show before. This is coming out in August. It's called Mrs. Fletcher. And it's about like a 40-something woman and her sort of exploits through the online porn scene, I think. I don't know. It's I will pretty much read anything by Tom Parada. <laughs> So, um, are you letting him lead you into dark waters? Yes, as I, I will follow him wherever he goes, and clearly he's led me into some difficult places. But yeah, so that's on my list, and I picked up a little our little racket, which I think you picked up as well from um, is that Echo? I think it's Echo. It's Chris Echo. Harper. Yeah, this has got your name written all over it because it's about the financial crisis and. 
like a Ponzi scheme, like kind of made off thing, which seems like something that you would like. So, um, that book is a little thicker than I had hoped, but (laughs) it's in my pile. And I gave it the eye today and I was like, yeah, it's it's pretty thick. Yeah, I know. So I got to get some other reading under my belt before I'll get to it. It's hard because I just read the Randy Susan Myers book. What was that one? Something about the wife or the widow or. Oh, yeah. I I read, think I read her Accidents of Marriage, but I didn't read that one. Yeah, The Widow of Wall Street. Yeah. So I might have to hold off on that a little bit because I don't know if I'm ready to go back into that world quite yet. Right. Especially after we're talking about how I was so disappointed with Behold the Dreamers. Right. Right. So more about those financial crisis issues. I've also got some nonfiction on there, which is the Al Franken book, Giant of the Senate. And I actually started flipping through that this afternoon and it looked good. So once I'm tired of domestic fiction, maybe I'll do a little politics and uh, read the Al Franken book, which I had heard him speak at BEA as well. And then I have two books here that are not from BEA. One is called The Leavers, which I know you read. And No, I have it. Oh, you have it, but you haven't read it. Oh, good. Well, maybe we can both read that. Yeah. That's Lisa Coe. And that is about a boy who grows up with his Chinese mother in New York until she disappears, at which time he's adopted by this other family and moves upstate. And I think it's all about this kind of the identity crisis he faces, you know, the whiplash between those two lives. And I guess it's probably a little bit of a mystery of what happened to his mother. So Yeah, let me know when you want to read if when you're gonna start reading that. Okay. Okay, I uh, I got to make it a readerly book club book. Yeah, I would love to do that. I that book was being was on display at BEA. It was not given away at BEA, but I have a friend who works at Workman, and she sent it to me because it's a uh, Algonquin book. So I was really excited because I've wanted that one for a while. Um, and I also have this book called The Versions of Us, and I'm not sure when that came out. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I think I picked that up at um, the B. I picked it up in North Carolina, my favorite bookstore ever, which is called Island Bookstore. It's in the Outer Banks in North Carolina. And I, I, I just haven't read it. I think it's about like came out last year last year i think it's like sliding doors times three it's like a couple and um different there's three different scenarios like they meet and go about their their business and don't you know their relationship doesn't progress and then in one version they get together and break up and one version they get together and stay together so it's like sort of one of those oh yeah i remember hearing about this yeah um because it was kind of described as a one day kind of thing. Yes. It's kind of like one day or sliding doors. You know, it's like. Oh, gosh. It's set in Cambridge. Catnip. Cambridge, England, right? Probably. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I think it's British. Yeah. So. I know of no other. <laughs> well, there's Cambridge, Mass. It's not the most exciting place in the world, but. Oh, yeah. That's right. Harvard's up there. Yeah. So. That's a good chunk of this stack which I took a photo of and texted to you earlier today there's a few other ones in there that I picked up but 
I'll hold off on talking about those. Actually, there's one, there's another one that's nonfiction that looked really good. It's called Real American. And it's by Julie Lithgott Rain. I'm trying to look at this picture and see how to say her name. Julie Lithgott Mames or Hames. It's hard to read that. Um, and I think it's like a series of essays about growing up biracial and what it's like to be, she describes herself as biracial black, which I thought was interesting because I've never heard biracial and then, uh, uh, you know, something after that. I figure you're biracial. That's kind of implied that you are black and white, but um, she has written a number of essays about what it's like to be biracial in America. And it just, I don't know. It looks really good. I think she probably means as opposed to Asian or. I guess so. I guess just clarifying what the race is, what her mix is. Right. But it just kind of captured my attention. So I'm going to, I've added that to my list for the summer. I see on your, I see in your pictures, young Jane Young. Yep. I picked that up too. I might take a gander at that. Yeah. It's that about... book is getting major promotion, too. I mean, is it well, basically just Monica Lewinsky? Scandal? Isn't it just Monica Lewinsky, basically? I guess Monica Lewinsky, if she moves away, has a child, and then decides to run for office. Oh, you mean the person involved in the scandal decides to run for office? Yeah. I think oh. she thinks that she has put it enough behind her, and then, of course, in the age of the internet, nothing is ever really the past. Hmm. And I think it's about what happens from there. It sounds pretty intriguing. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so that's on my list. And then, of course, not in that picture is my classics book. So uh, 1984, which I just I just ordered and it just arrived. So I have that in the house. And then Jane Eyre is in the house. And you didn't tell me that Jane Eyre was 480 pages. Oh, I th well, I thought you knew. I mean, <laughs> I guess I did at one point. You said it was your reread. Yes, but I also mentioned that I was in like ninth grade when I read it the first time. Mm -hmm. You probably so, read the abridged edition. <laughs> yeah, maybe I need to find that one. Yeah, so I looked at that. It's a little daunting, but it's here. So who knows what I'll actually get to this list, but I'm I'm glad you had me do this because I, I'm, I feel like I'm not sort of casting about you know, once I finish for what your next read yeah, is, yeah, which yeah, is what I usually do. Yeah, because now you've got do. this big picture, which has a nice mix. Yeah, yeah. So this picture will stay on my phone until I read every single one of them. Then I can delete mm. the picture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, I had a few more. Okay. Okay. So one. I've always meant to read and it always sounded really good and I never got to read it. So sometimes it's nice during the summer because you can kind of loosen up and, and, you know, go back and read those books that were the hot books or they sounded really good or you've been meaning to read them for a long time. So summer's a perfect time to do that. So I have Jennifer Dubois cartwheel on my list, which basically seems like it is a retelling of the Jennifer Knox Amanda Knox oh, story. Oh, cool. So it is about some, you know, a foreign exchange student who goes to Buenos Aires and her roommate goes missing and just what happens. So I'm excited to read that. 
excited to read that. And then I have on my list this Jenny Moon by Benjamin Ludwig, which, as you know, I agonized over at BEA because I would pass by it and I thought I wanted to read it, but I thought it had a child narrator, which I am not a fan of at all. What, I is, finally it, what dis- is it about? It's about an autistic it's about an autistic teenager who she was she's been in foster care and she's finally found she's finally been adopted or it says she's found her forever home. She decides not to stay. Like she's going to try to run away or it says or she'll even get herself kidnapped not to stay where she is. And I sat and I talked to one of the guys who works at this is Harlequin has several new imprints that are in the works or, you know, they're going to be starting to publish in the fall. And it's on one of the new Harlequin imprints. And he was just telling me about, yes, the author had, you know, he and his wife adopted an autistic child, an older autistic child, I think possibly a teenager. And it just talks so much. He talked so much about the unique voice and it was something that had kind of been attracting me. So I just, I want to read it this summer. Hmm. Okay. I remember now that you mentioned Harlequin. I remember you stalking that book a little. Yeah. We would, every time we were on our way someplace, we would just, it would be there and I'd be like, well, like, I don't know, but we'll see. 13, 14 might be, um, an old enough narrator. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And such a different perspective. And then I have one of Christopher Brookmeyer is his name. He has written this book called The Last Hack. And he's, he writes the series about a journalist called Jack Parlebane. And he first came to my attention. I think he publishes on Atlantic Monthly Press. And they had sent me last year. They sent his book, The Black Widow, which I really enjoy. So I'm going to jump into this over, over the summer. I, I feel like my summer list is full of either mystery, psychological suspense. It's not really heavy on literary fiction. <laughs> Maybe Jenny Moon is the, is the only one. Hmm. So I'm getting a little lit thick break, I guess. Yeah, that's good. Refreshing. Palette cleanser. Yep. So... Do you have a long vacation plan for the summer? Um, no, about a week and a half starting next week and then a little bit at the end of the summer too. So nothing terribly long, but hopefully long enough to get some reading in. Okay. So are you going to take the levers? I think I probably will take the levers. I'll definitely let you know before I do, but yeah. Yeah. Keep me updated. I will. So let's jump into some recent books. Like what have you been reading lately and... What are some recent things that you would recommend, May, June, early July, if you have anything? Well, I'm doing, I have one on audio right now and one on um, print that I'm reading right now, both of which are like May releases, so they're pretty current. So the book I'm reading is, I've just started it, it's called Standard Deviation by Katherine Heine, which I know I talked about on the show a couple months ago or a month or so ago. Um, she, she had written a book called Single Carefree Mellow, which was stories. I think it was stories. Um, and this one is a novel. So I'm not loving it. 
and I'm kind of disappointed because I really liked her stories. And I'm finding this one, what I loved about her stories was like the writing was so edgy and not edgy, but it was sarcastic and it felt very like sharp. Whereas this one, the humor is sort of overdone. It's a little obvious. I don't know. It's just not making me laugh the way the other one did. And it doesn't feel as insightful. This one, this one takes place in New York and it's about a guy who's married to this woman and she's kind of a handful. And then he runs into his ex-wife. And then I guess the story is going to be about like him feeling kind of this conflict between his current wife and his ex-wife. And I don't know, like, I'm just not just not like it's just not loving it but I, I think I'll probably finish it so that yeah I had read her short stories too and I really love them um I've read a few pages of, the, of this and just left it at that I wasn't mm-hmm. sure about it so I'm curious to see I'm kind of glad to hear you say that because thoughts. yeah it sounds like you sort of have the same reaction that I had which was like huh so yeah, so that's that's what I'm reading right now, and then on audio definitely just doesn't grab you right from the beginning. It does not. Like I don't find her the the, ex, the current wife is just seems annoying, and she's like almost reminding me of like like a character from um, a Maria Semple book. Like I just it's just not oh yeah not my type of it's it's she's like she's like a caricature. She doesn't feel real. Whereas the people in Single Carefree Mellow felt really real. They felt like kind of good flawed people that you would know but this one not so much so there's that and then I'm listening on audio to a book that came out also in May called The Awkward Age by Francesca Siegel and it's about a family in England and the mom has she's a widow and she's now dating a guy and the guy that she's dating who's serious enough that he's moved in has a son and she has a teenage daughter and the son and the daughter are roughly the same age and the son and the daughter start dating. And it's kind of about like these complex family relationships and the relationship the mother has with her daughter and how her daughter feels so abandoned when her mom starts dating. And it feels like it's a little claustrophobic cause it's just the four of them really in the house. I mean, there's, there's other characters too, but, um, is a lot of kind of interior thought about what they're thinking, particularly the mother and the daughter and, and kind of the crossed wires they have. And I, I know that things are going to get complicated between the kids and the parents, but it's good. I'm, I'm liking it. Um, so that's, that's what I've been doing on audio. Sounds good. Yeah. How about you? What are you reading right now? So right now I started reading the vegetarian. Oh, you want to read that. I did. I'm starting to. I'm getting through some to some things that I had wanted to read. Um, I think the summer is just more of my, like maybe in August I'll start reading a lot of the things that will be coming up in the fall. But definitely June, July is you know, catch up. I don't know. I've just yeah been feeling like catching up and revisiting some things that I have been wanting to read for a while. And the ve- the vegetarian has has been on my list. You know, I'm just very curious because people had such a strong reaction to it or they talk about how it's sort of disturbing. 
Um, so I just started that. And also over this past week, I read the, I started earlier in the week reading The Queen of the Tearling by Erica Johansson. And I ended up finishing the trilogy. And um, so I really enjoyed reading that. I was into it. And it's sort of like, sort of dystopian. You know, these people have escaped back, escaped to a new land to, to restart, of course, because America has gone to hell in the handbasket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of in line with some of your classic reading. And it's about a young queen and her struggles to take the throne. I really love the first two books and, you know, uh, didn't, didn't quite love the ending, but it's definitely a worthwhile series to check out mm-hmm. on audio. I'm still working on the Jane Austen project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did read a couple of chapters, actually I read a couple of chapters of the picture of Dorian Gray. Oh, good for you. You have started. I'm impressed. And let me just look, because I think I have a few recommendations for people if you're looking for some things coming out. So there's Everybody's Son by 3T Umagar, and I think that kind of goes along with the book that you mentioned that you want to get to, you want us to get to, The Leavers by Lisa Ko. It's kind of similar. A young biracial boy is left in his apartment by his mother, who's like addicted to drugs. And he is left there on just a really sweltering day, and he has to escape the apartment. So she's in custody of him, and he's adopted by this judge and his family. So it's all about how they raise him and his his identity crisis as, you know, he wants to remain connected with his mother, but all of the opportunities that, that they are offering him. And I really enjoyed her doing this exploration. I thought she did a good good job with it. I read The Windfall, which I was really looking forward to, Diksha Basu. And that is about an Indian family whose circumstances change when the dad sells a website and they decide, you know, they they are rich and they decide to move from their East Delhi neighborhood to a Morse um, neighborhood. And it's just like this comedy of manners that's all about how people react when they get money and what are the problems that come up and sort of just how our tendencies can be keeping up with the Joneses, I guess, in a sense. And how happy does that really make us? And, you know, when, when you are gifted with an unexpected windfall, how much do you make of the opportunities that you have to like, I guess, pursue your own interests and be yourself. So it's just kind of light and funny. I have that uh, one uh, on my list. I've got it in audio and print, so that might be one of my next audio reads. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it, and it, it is funny. I think it was a little too light for me. Okay. Um, like, enjoyable, but definitely very light. And then I read Magpie Murders by Anthony Horowitz, and that's this new, it's, it's so heavily buzzed. It came out June 6th, and it's like this mashup. It's about it's about this woman. Um, she's an editor at a publishing company, and this is their their hot author has just turned in his manuscript for his most recent book, and it turns out he's just died. So she is reading his manuscript, but there are some chapters that are missing, and so she 
decides to play sleuth and try to get to the bottom of what happened to the missing chapters and see if it is connected in any way to his death. People love this book, and I thought it was enjoyable, but I think it's something that I heard so much about that maybe I did not enjoy it quite as much. I mean, it, it was good. It was an entertaining mystery, but I would not say that it's like, it just wouldn't be my must-read of the summer. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's my report for some, right. some June new releases. All right. Well, I think we've left people with lots and lots and lots of options for summer reading. <laughs> so we will be reporting back as the summer goes along with updates on what we've actually read on these lists of things we want to read. And uh, we appreciate your listening. And if you have any comments, we'd love to hear about it. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, we always love to hear what people think of the podcast. And Or you can send us a note at... What is it again? Pod- the readerly, the readerly report at readerlymag.com, or you can get Gail directly, Gail G A Y L E at readerlymag.com, or Nicole at readerlymag.com. Right. No H in the Nicole. Right. So uh, <laughs> let us know what you're reading and what sounds fun to you, and we will be back in touch later in the summer. Happy reading. Happy reading. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com, and you can find me, Gail, blogging at Every Day I Write the Book, which is at everydayiwritethebookblog.com, and Nicole at Linus's Blanket, which is linusesblanket.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep reading.